whose turn is it to hold the sickle? I didn't know we were taking turns. Oh, we just hold it. I mean, it's long enough. Yeah. I'll just grab the top and you take the bottom. <laughs> okay. We'll swing at the same time. Oh, boy. Ready? One, two, three. three. Yeah. All right. Well, Celebrity Death Watch yeah. is a segment that often opens our show, unfortunately. And it's doing it today, baby! Yeah. Let's be excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Forster died Yes. Uh, on October 11th, the same day that his, what is now, I guess, his last film, El Camino, was yes. released on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know that name, probably, but you absolutely know this actor. Right. He's somebody who has had a long, long career uh, that had a resurgence, really, in uh, 1997 with Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. where he was cast as a um, bail bondsman yes. in that sort of... Um, homage to like Elmore Leonard type films. I mean, this book by Elmore Leonard was the uh, basis of the, of the movie, but that mm-hmm. was sort of like brought him back to the fore. And then he was in a bunch of stuff after that, like um, me, myself and Irene and Mulholland drive and, right. and movies like that. He was actually, I didn't know this cause I don't watch him, but he was in the, um, the, the blank has fallen movies, you know, the, the huh. white house down competitive movies although that was oh. just, there's just one white house down but the olympus has fallen and london's fallen or oh okay we're aaron arcard i guess and jamie fox or oh or is it him or is it uh russell crowe the gladiator oh boy i have no idea suggest somebody else uh besides russell crowe um uh 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 great good pull Kiefer sutherland <laughs> great pull uh, i don't know and no that's what it is. it's it's 24 porn is what it is yeah but uh, I guess Kiefer is too old or too drunk to do it, so <laughs> they kind of did a, a thing like that. And he was in the uh, Twin Peaks thing. Remember um, that uh, the guy that played Harry? Um, just he's alive, I think, right? But he just doesn't act anymore. So when they had the uh, Showtime revival remember. of Twin Peaks, uh, he was the guy in the cowboy hat. He was like Harry's brother. Okay. He was the sheriff. Sure. Yes. Yeah. No, I do remember that. Yes. He was, uh, yeah, I remember him being the sheriff. And apparently he was on Last Man Standing, but who watches that? So uh, <laughs> it's too bad we're going to talk about him today because of his appearance in El Camino, because yes. we're reviewing El Camino. Also his single appearance in uh, one episode of Breaking Bad that kind of sets up that character that he then reprises in the film. And you can talk, I know, a little bit about one of his earliest movies that we saw, uh, a movie from 1969 called Medium Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Medium Cool is a very interesting film. Poorly named. Yeah. Because it's really cool. It's it, like... It is really cool. Hot cool. Yeah, it's a. It's <laughs> about... It like cold, medium, and... Let's say it's uh, well done cool. Right? Uh, it's about like um, <laughs> newscasters kind of trying to find a, a story. It's about the riots well, in yeah. Chicago yeah. <laughs> surrounding the uh, Republican uh, National Convention in 1968. Yes. yes. And I think it really captures that terror pretty well. Yeah. Um, there's one point where is it she's a mom and she's looking for her son? Is that she's what? a mom and she's <laughs> looking for her son. Yeah. And the Jennifer riot, Garner is. Right? <laughs> And the riots, the riots are happening, and she can't find him anywhere. And yeah. I think they they actually filmed it with real rioters, like genuine <laughs> they, rioting we gotta, people. We got to get a bunch of rioters in. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can blame Haskell Wexler for the entire uh, riots at the uh, convention. He's like, we got to have a good movie here. <laughs> right. Everybody's just super happy about 
uh, Nixon being uh, nominated here. So let's yeah. just get uh, let's let's hire some rioters. Yeah. What's our budget? <laughs> right. And and she just it it just captures like yeah. the the you know the idea of being like terrified and and looking for your kid and not being able to find them and yeah. people everywhere and and Robert Forster was great in the role mm-hmm. and of the mother looking for his kid. Let's talk no. about him. <laughs> What's cool about it is that he is, uh, yeah, he's like super cool and he's, it's 69, so the quote unquote cool thing to do is to burn your draft card and have long hair and be like, sure, get with the vibes, man of the flow. And he's like a square technically. I mean, he's probably in his late 20s. He's not that old. Right. But he's, you know, he works for the news and a lot of um, the hippies uh, don't trust the news because they think that... The news, and sometimes they did, um, shares their footage of events with cops, and the cops use the footage to profile people, you know, sure. so, um, agitators and things like that. Right. But he's like that guy who's like, I'm cool. I'm totally cool. And they're like, you've got a tie on. You're not cool. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm pretty cool. And I love that scene where he goes to the, um, I don't know, the black neighborhood uh, to talk to the right. guy, the cabbie who um, found the money in his cab and gave it back and then got a bunch of grief from the cops because they're like, so where'd you find this money exactly? And, they're giving the and he just degree. wants to go to talk to the guy. Yeah. So he's kind of out of, he thinks there's a story there, but he's probably shouldn't be there. And then the poor guy is scared because the cop, he thinks the cops are after him. His like revolutionary friends. And I like the fact that they don't portray all of his like b- black friends as being sainted and holy, you know, just because oh, sure. they are oppressed. Yeah. I mean, they are definitely discriminated against, but he's got a lot of wackadoo friends who are like, hey, listen to me. You, well, you want to interview me? You know, you put me on the news. You it's like, well, you're not story. a story. Oh, I'm not a story? Oh, you think the black man's not a story? And he's like, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go. I don't know what this is. Right. I'm going to have a sandwich. Right. So anyway, yeah, I mean, he's just real. That, I think that sort of sets what you think of as the Robert Forster character uh, going throughout the entire career. You know, you want a guy who is like, He's good looking. He's tough. He can hold his own. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the biggest guy in the room. And he definitely, I don't think, really had like a. In another life, he could have been a Clint Eastwood. That's a Clint sure. Eastwood, you know? Yeah. He's this reedy I did guy. See that. Yeah, with a scowl. But you're not. If you see his hand go to his hip, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. And, and I think he's, that. He was pretty chill, I think, in a lot of his roles. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He's super chill. Yeah. And it was on Last Man Standing, but we're not going to hold that against him. <laughs> I'm not going to read about his personal life. It doesn't matter. I know that he was, uh, as far as I can tell, a really really neat guy. And it's uh, too bad that he has passed away. But he left behind, slight spoiler for our review, a pretty good movie. Yes. That we're going to talk about. Yeah, we are going to talk about it. Um, And uh, I think you were surprised to to see him in the movie. You didn't realize... I didn't know. I remember that he was in that one episode of Breaking Bad, but I didn't right. know. I hadn't read any announcements really about El Camino, and so because I, I wanted either, to keep it fresh. But I think I think that that is for the best because I think and, there were some nice surprises in there. Yeah, and that's tough because as we discovered while watching the film, I remember a lot about that show. Yes, <laughs> I have like five seasons of the show all wrapped in plastic still on my uh, Blu-ray thing because I've n- I haven't rewatched the show, but. Uh, we would get to plot points and I'd be like, oh, it's the something. And you're like, the what? And it's like, I had to be we've reminded. got the something. Yeah, right. So anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, later. We'll also be talking about a new release. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as uh, storied and as important as something like El Camino, but in its own right, an yes. amazing film and something that should be definitely talked about. That's the movie Gemini Man. Yes. Starring Mr. October himself, 
Uh, Will Smith. <laughs> yes. He returned to the uh, action sort of. Uh, he's not fighting aliens, I guess, but no. The sort of sci-fi action uh, form that we have grown accustomed to seeing him in. Yes. We're talking about that as well. It is Will Smith versus Will Smith. Exactly. Which I can't believe it's taken this long. It is kind of surprising when you think about it. Um, he stands with a lot of CGI creatures in his videos, <laughs> but never with himself. Right. Yeah, um, when you put it that way, it is kind of um, it is kind of a wonder that it, this is the first time that it's happened. Yeah. Um, like when we talked to like some about somebody's career, like like say Jean Claude Van Damme, who we talked about last week, I think. Yeah. Um, he he did that a couple of times. Yeah, that's a well films. that they kind of went to more than a few times yeah. for his career, and I don't think we ever came up with a answer to why that is, did we? I don't I don't think we did. I mean, I guess it's kind of easy, especially if like he's playing two brothers and like one of them is dead. It's just two brothers. Right. So, um, yeah, I think what I my uh, two pronged theory was that uh, one, um, you ever notice that like he's very rarely bested uh, in, in fisticuffs. This is true. He's usually superior as a fighter, um, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's not who beats up Arnold Schwarzenegger in his movies. Nobody, right? Like, right. He's just physically dominant. And I think in some of his best movies, and I don't want to rewind and do the Jean-Claude Van Damme show again. You can listen to that on a previous show. Um, but yeah, it's usually like the only reason he's not winning is because he ha- has a broken rib that he's concealing. Right. Or he needs to pretend to throw the match because you're holding his brother hostage or something like right. that. Yeah, so I think if he fights himself, then we can have like, you know, Fisticuffs. A, a winner and a loser or like both that, you know, they both, nobody wins and no, nobody loses. Right. They it's like Hobbs and Shaw somehow. fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. And then the other part of it is, um, I think he's just so goddamn good looking. <laughs> Let's just get more <laughs> of that on the screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in um, Double Impact, I mean, that's like where we see it the most because he plays two brothers throughout that film. Um and it's you know it's fun. It's a fun little device. Not not the not hit my favorite of his films, but yeah. but it's you know it's somewhere in the middle. Um, <laughs> kind of anticlimactic. A little bit. They both yeah. end up fighting like two. Well, once Bola Young gets dispatched, right. uh, They both end up fighting two businessmen basically. Yeah, <laughs> like holding, pretty much. By the tie, and they're like, "Oh, don't hit me!" It's like, "Oh, wow, right? what a climax!" I know. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, we talked about all this on the Van Damme show uh, one show back on yes. our thing. And then also, incidentally, if you're interested in what we said or what we're, we were saying about Medium Cool, we have a show about that as well. That is true. If you tune into Craft of Services, our quote unquote bad movie podcast mm-hmm. at craftofservices.com or uh, no, that's where it is or at, yeah. at Craft of Service on Twitter. Uh, we did a sort of backup show uh, about uh, seeing Medium Cool yes. at an art cinema uh, in our hometown. So check that out. Uh, check us out. We're the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Woo. Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Woo! <laughs> that's our customary woo during the introductions. That, yes, that's we right. We both got one in. It's done. And the next customary thing we do is the news. Well, I feel like in the time that we were idle... Uh, And we haven't been idle. We're always moving. But um, this last weekend, we took a vacation, which we'll maybe talk about a little later. Uh, The news has been coming out. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. We got Comic-Cons. We got things that are happening. And so LA Comic-Con was this weekend. Oh, okay. And so there are some things that are sort of dribbling out. Did we talk about 
uh, Samuel L. Jackson and his... We did this already. We talked about Samuel L. Jackson's response to Martin Scorsese. Um, I, I put be- him on the art of the last did. show. So yes. yeah, we definitely did that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, st- Samuel Jackson standing up for, for nerds everywhere, I guess. Well, and uh, I'm kind of or, glad I'm that sorry, he did. The most profitable films in the world. Actually... Jump chip, Sam. <laughs> you should probably be on the other side. Maybe. <laughs> In fact, I'm on the other side now. Comic book oh. movies are stupid. What? <laughs> Did you hear that Jennifer Aniston said that comic book movies are stupid? And then people were like, uh, you shouldn't be dragging them when a lot of your films are really stupid. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, I would argue that I can't even finish that. <laughs> I guess people... I see a lot of memes of War of the Millers, but I don't know if it's a good movie or not. I, I don't know either. Horrible Bosses? People like the first Horrible Bosses, right? I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, was she in... Um, what's the one where they beat up the, the printer? <laughs> office Space? Uh, office Space? Was yeah, she in Office Space? Yeah, that's right. Space? She was in Office Space. I like that movie. All right, you got, you got it. That's, that's one. All right, leave Jen alone. <laughs> she doesn't want to get married. <laughs> But yeah, don't don't go after celebrities on Twitter. It doesn't matter. No. Come on. Yeah. Well, what else is happening here? Uh, sort of tangential to what we usually talk about, but we could talk about video games. Uh, the PS5 was announced. Yes. Uh, it had been in the works for a long time, uh, but the release date was uh, finally announced that it'll be coming at the end of 2020. Um, these things usually come, you know, right around or just before the holiday season. Yeah, so that's exactly. You can expect that. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's good news. Um, there are technical specs I won't bore you with, but it does sound that it's uh, like it's going to be very uh, powerful as a machine, and most importantly, I think for me, it will be backwards compatible with uh, PS4 games. That's which I is think the a least that we could expect, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. There's a business concern, I think, where if you are playing Ghost Recon or The Division Two or whatever these online games are that require you to pay a monthly fee Mm. if you give everybody a new machine and they can't play those old games you lose that subscription value so there's a value there's that yeah uh, baked in for sony to make them at least one generation back compatible uh the other concern is uh they can just take the old games uh, put them on you know the virtual console or the psn store as downloadable things and sell them back to you right and so they have a vested interest in not uh, making it backwards compatible for that reason as well. Uh-huh. And, you know, the video game community, <laughs> just like the uh, superhero movie community, can be very uh, quick to react vociferously about stuff. And so I think any any concession to backwards compatibility has been an attempt to keep people from, you know, pillaring them on uh, social media or just by word of mouth. But Sony... Um, doesn't really care. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sony's just, Sony has so much money. Uh, they make all kinds of stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter because they're never going to run out of money. Right. And so I think it's nice that they um, at least gave us this. It's yes. sort of like being locked in a cage and forced to make meth, but uh, they do lower you down <laughs> to cigarette every once in a while. <laughs> so wait, it's too the soon. the least they can do. We'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we can look forward to that. Um, I think all the kind of big um, HD, uh, what is it, PS Pro titles Mm -hmm. uh, that are being released um, for uh, PS4 right now, you know, we'll probably look the best on them, I'm sure. And then those titles um, will probably get the quickest. Like Death Stranding. I'm pretty sure Death Stranding 
will still come out for the PS4, but I'm sure I would not be, be a, surprised. A, a yeah. nicer version for PS5. Yeah, probably. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um. When does Dust Stranding come out? Do you know? It's no. It's sometime next year. I don't or know. Like it's that? supposed to be okay. somewhat soon. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a real weird one. Maybe we'll stream that one. Oh, boy. What else is going on? It uh, looks like the uh, it's been confirmed by Kathleen Kennedy that there is a Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars movie uh, in development. Okay. Um, what does that mean exactly? Oh, like, do we, we know who's doing that? I thought we did this already. Oh, maybe we did. I don't know. Now, we all know that uh, they are they are slowing, even though they've announced a million Disney Plus shows and right. all this stuff, they are supposed to be slowing down the Star Wars side event. Right. Um, and so, like, Kevin Feige's movie um, probably won't come out until the middle of next decade. But this one will probably also be a ways out. Okay. You know, 2023, 2024, perhaps even later. It had been rumored for a long time that that uh, Benioff and Weiss of mm-hmm. Game of Thrones fame uh, were working on something, and it was rumored that it would be this. Now, it hasn't been confirmed by her. This was like a quick, um, you know, step and repeat interview uh, with sure. um, somebody, MTV News or something like that. Okay. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed that they are working on the Old Republic movie, but we know that there will be an Old Republic movie. Gotcha. So it's going to be more Jedi stuff. Now I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Uh, The Knights of the Old Republic um, is a video game by BioWare, and it is set in a part of the universe, uh, I think partially originated by them, but also taken up by um, authors, game designers, and uh, comic authors and writers. uh, That takes place, um, I think, around 2,000 years before the events of... 2,000 years... Uh, BBY, as they say, before Battle of Yavin. <laughs> oh, okay. So before the uh, events of the first films. Yes. And it's a time when the Sith are uh, in force in the galaxy and are warring against the Jedi. And it's it's the sort of delivery on the promise of the more civilized age that Obi-Wan <laughs> references in New Hope. Uh, it's... I. I don't know. I mean, like, Star Wars is just Star Wars, right? Right. Phasers, lightsabers, ships. Yeah. But I have a feeling it's got a more uh, ornate kind of Baroque feel to it. It feels like the past of the future, which is the past a long time ago. Right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) Do you think that Obi-Wan will be in it? Do you think he'll be, like, a little kid? He's not 2,000 years old, so. Okay. Fair enough. No, now we got to go out and get some casting for Exar Kun, Ulick Keldroma, uh, who else? I have no idea. All your favorites. Oh, yeah. Great. All these people who they'll probably give nicknames to because they've got really weird names. But <laughs> And I've always enjoyed, um, I love those games and I hope they adapt um, the games. Um, I can't even talk about them without really spoiling them. But sure. the first game is really great. And there's good parts to the second Knights of the Old Republic game as well. And I think that you could easily just adapt the first game into a film. A film. Okay. But something that I think colors that era is that we have to get, remember that's thousands, maybe many thousands of years ago. Everything was great, right? The Jedi were flying around on Pegasus and everything's great. Mm -hmm. And this is like the beginning of that, this decline into we reach the very dark time that is zero BBY. Sure. uh, Or just BY. Right. And this is kind of the start of that. So there are some like Exar Kun, there's some like very strong Jedis who go in search of, you know, more power 
And as often happens to Star Wars characters who lust for power, they, they become, corrupt. become corrupt, turn to the dark side, and things get real bad. Okay. And so that's the kind of story that will probably be told. And, you know, we laugh at, like, Benioff and Weiss and their oh, their edgy content. Uh, we'll be talking about that a little later when we talk about yeah. Gemini Man. But this is that's probably a world that would be for them, you know, taking yeah. something that's really great. Like the Stark family, and then just knocking them out, just boom, boom, boom. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, that could be good for them. Out one by one. A lot yeah. of sexism, yeah, and rape. Oh, and, great! Yeah. No, I don't Fantastic. Know, just <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that. Uh, speaking of ruining things, are you ready for this? Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Matrix 4, Matrix 4 in development. We talked yes. about this. Yeah. Uh, an actor named Yaha Abdul-Mateen II has landed the lead role in the film. Okay. Do we Are we familiar with this actor from anything else? He or? played, well, I'll tell you. He was in Us, although I um, I can't tell you who he was. Okay. And uh, he was Black Manta in Aquaman. Remember, remember that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. You killed my father. Oh. Yeah, Arr. right. Exactly. Uh, and didn't actually get to do all that much in that film. I no. It's, sure, I'll do it. Oh, the part's bigger in the second one? Sure. Right, exactly. Well, the movie made a billion dollars. There'll definitely be a second one. Yeah. But yeah, he has signed on, and people don't know what he's going to do. Um, I've heard Young Morpheus. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Now begins the rant. Let's go two and a half minutes. Okay. Let's have it be a brief rant. Why does uh, everything rant. have to be related to everything that came before it like why can't it just be like a new story within the matrix if you are Mm -hmm. okay so here's something i'm really detached from i know that because of the relentless pr machine everybody knows who star wars is and anybody who even likes sci-fi or space stuff probably likes or can tolerate star wars Mm -hmm. um i'm sure there's kids who had a jar jar backpack in Grade school, who are now adults, who are like, after Jar Jar. Right. Which is fine, but just still like Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. What about The Matrix? What about The Matrix? It's 20 years old? Yeah, something like that. Do Does a kid today who, you know, is like, let's say you're 11, 12 years old, you've got your own Netflix account. Mm-hmm. Are you discovering, like, do you like The Matrix? What's what's the? Ooh, that's a really good question because I think it was like so '90s, early 2000s, you know, when it yeah, came out, yeah, you know, and it yeah. was it was very cool for the time. Yeah, but, but if you're Warner Brothers and you're putting together a Matrix movie, if you're an executive, you go, well, what's the connection? How does it fit into the zeitgeist? What are we? Why are we rebooting this? Right. Other than it worked a generation ago. Right. And so you make it. How do you make it appeal to people who saw the old one and people who haven't seen the old one? Young Morpheus? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's it either. It um, also really flies in the face of what we understand cuz it will it is a reboot in name, but they're not going to uh, uh, Lana Wachowski I think is uh, writing and is producing it, maybe directing it. Mm-hmm. And so it will be part of their vision. She's not yes. going to just reboot everything. Right. And we know in the universe of the Matrix, there is a, an eternal eternal recurrence of these different versions of the Matrix. Right. Now, I just always assume that, you know, this time around, I think it's the sixth version of the human Matrix or whatever. It's uh, Keanu Reeves. It could have been somebody totally different. It could have been a Chinese yeah. guy in a previous version of the Matrix. Right. right. There's just somebody who is the the one, if you will. Sure. This starts to make me think, what if this is the future of their world post 
Neo freeing everybody, and this is the new version of the Matrix. But yet, there's also a Morpheus character. So is that? Yeah. Are you telling me that everybody is the same every time? Yeah, that, that's a good point. That the one has always been Keanu, which there's an argument for because nobody's like having these babies, right? Unless right. We haven't seen that part of the of their world. I assume they're just making these babies from DNA. Right. What if they have a limited amount of DNA? You would just be decanting a a Neo every time. A, a, I, well, yeah. A Keanu Reeves every time it's time to have the one, right? You make so a good point, So maybe yeah. this world does repeat over and over again. And this is all stuff that like, Lana Wachowski, she'll have an answer. It'll right. probably be too, it'll be boring and overcomplicated. <laughs> but <laughs> the fact that they just go, yeah, it's young Morpheus. Yeah, it does make you think, prequel, really? Yeah, I mean, is that the only answer for a, another Matrix film? I mean, like. Here's an answer. Do, Don't huh? do it. Well. Don't do it. There's that. Yeah. We talked about Sony and all the things that they've got going on <laughs> and yeah uh, they uh one of those things is the masters of the universe film which is apparently wow. a thing but is still kind of just you know out there in development to hell mm-hmm. well apparently they are taking some of their properties like masters of the, of, the, of the universe and other stuff and they are offloading it to streaming services now these movies are okay. not planned anymore for theatrical release oh but for release on various streaming services that okay. we know of. Uh, so where is Master of the Universe land? We Probably know? Netflix or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, um, no. I hope it's better than the, the first Masters of the Universe right. film. This was reported by Hollywood Reporter. Okay. Um, and I read um, an article about this on Collider. And the first thing, that we, second paragraph, actually like the third line of the first paragraph, the author's like, no, one shouldn't take from this that the sky is falling at Sony and that they're in trouble. We, they say this wow. every time. Yeah. We have seen, we knew because of the emails yes, that, they that were Sony trouble. was a second from death yes. for much of the last decade yes. uh, and maybe part of this one. And yes, then Spider-Man saved them. <laughs> but right. And a few comedies. But, I, yeah, I think Sony is just like that friend who is always like two seconds from death. Like you don't you don't know how – do they have a job? They always seem sick or something like that. Right. And then they show up to something and you're like, oh, my God. Well, okay. So-and-so is okay. Right. And then next week for they're like hitting you up for money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, yeah, they did well with the Spider-Man thing, but that could change – Super fast. They could have a you know a couple of horrible films and be not doing horrible. so great. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish will save us all. Oh boy, that's a lot to, to put on her shoulders. <laughs> uh, what's happening over at Apple TV? Uh, they've decided to stop offending people. Oh boy. And start making some interesting moves. Okay. They just signed Alfonso Cuaron to a multi-year deal. Okay. Which, if you're Netflix, has to be like. What the hell, dude? Yeah, right. What the hell? I, I right? Are they gonna let you make a boring movie about your black and white childhood? <laughs> At me, go go for it. Uh, but wow. anyway, he he will be doing that on Apple TV. Um, probably trying to get some goodwill after all their dumb decisions that they made. Right. And get some color in there. Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, this won't be color. This will be. Well, it will be color. It'll be red, white, and blue because they announced that Apple TV will be producing Masters of the Air, which is the follow-up 
to Band of Brothers, the HBO oh, miniseries. Right. Okay. Yeah, we did talk about this. I just didn't, hadn't heard that, that they'd be called Masters of the Air. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like maybe they could do another pass at that title. Um, but... It's from the, the book, I'm, I'm oh, assuming. Well, never mind then. Um, it's a book by Donald Miller. Okay. Um, now, considering the last... Yeah, <laughs> the last follow-up to Band of Brothers, the Pacific. The Pacific. How excited are you about this? Wah, wah, wah. Um, only medium excited. Oh, and I should I should note that one of the characters is an abortion clinic doctor that goes on a killing spree. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you believed me because yes. of Apple Plus and their track record right now. Yes. I, I wouldn't put anything past Apple Plus right now. Yeah. Um, I want to like it, but I don't know that I will because uh, I wanted to like the Pacific and it was just okay. Um, yeah. it, I, I don't, even though I believe that's based off of a book as well as Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I just didn't feel like the story was strong enough and, and we were kind of like, the Band of Brothers is unique in some ways because we we're following like all of those guys, and they're together for the large percent of 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 the war. So you're you're following the same group of people, and even though it's like different perspectives, it's more or less the same story. Whereas with the Pacific, you're following like three different people, and so it's kind of like three different stories. And you wouldn't think on paper i don't think that that sounds bad but it just wasn't executed that well yeah and there's certain things that they really dig into um but only because i think uh, of the involvement of those characters like you said like one of those characters is john Bassalone, and so we need to see how he became a, a medal of honor winner and right. so we go we do guadalcanal up to about the point where um, he the Battle of Henderson Field where he you know killed like a hundred Japanese guys with his machine gun right and then we go a little bit into like taking the island but then he's got to go home and get his medal and then do a little touring and then come back and and get killed at Iwo Jima right so if, if I think I have my um my my things right there so yeah it's almost like they kind of yada yada a lot of the Pacific campaign it seems which like is funny it. because we all know. The Battle of the Bulge. We all know Carentan. Uh, we all know, you know, Normandy right. and, and all that. We know, like, the, the Eastern Front. So, yes. <laughs> like, what, it just would have been cool to really drill into a lot of the um, the Pacific battles, mm -hmm. which hopefully this will do um, since these guys are the masters of the air. But I have a feeling yes. that a lot of it's going to be, um, again, the the uh, Western or Eastern Front. The, right. Um, the Normandy landings, um, yes. support of them, uh, bombing Dresden and, and things like right. that. So, right. And then probably like the last episode, we'll meet a little plane called the Enola Gay. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I mean, it has the potential to be something good. So I'm cautiously optimistic about it, but yeah. Um, and it's also, it, you brought up office space before it's got Ron Livingston in it, band of brothers. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, I just thought, what if I didn't go to war today? <laughs> and he's, um, I don't know, looking up um, laundering Nazi gold in the dictionary. There you uh, go. What else uh, do we've got uh, on the Apple TV tip? Apple, that, that is the company itself, apparently told some Apple TV Plus show developers to not anger China. Great. 
I am so glad that so many different companies and uh, associations and whatnot are worried about offending China right now. It's from BuzzFeed News, and they said uh, they didn't name really any names, so this is just kind of pretty much worthless. But uh, apparently the uh, SVP of Internet Software and Services uh, and the, also the head of international content development um, contacted developers who were working on shows and said to uh, avoid portraying China in a poor light. Um, Apple declined comment. This just doesn't sit well with me, of course, with everything that's going on over there right now with the protests in Hong Kong. Yep. Yep. Um, and, yep. And guess what? What? Where are they going to go? I know. Where are they going to go? They're not going to go anywhere. You have all, we make all the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I know that there's, you know, for years of, of Hong Kong movies and that's continuing. I, I know they've got China wood or whatever. Right. But they want our stuff. Yes. They love Iron Man. Of course. They're going to, let's let's have the bully pulpit here. You know, why work so hard to not piss them off? I know that they will just order, we're not showing Ghostbusters because we don't believe in ghosts or, or we don't want to disrespect right. ghosts. Right. Fine. But then don't make dumb Ghostbusters re- reboots in the first place. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like as far as like trying not to piss off China and then like adding scenes where say Iron Man goes to China and he's like, I got to tell you, I love your crab rangoons and I also love Chinese technology. And then he you know, takes off. Right. <laughs> just I know. Chinese people have the ability to detect that they're being pandered to. Yes, right? of course. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. going to get sick of that eventually. Yes. So since they need our movies and our content and our TV, knock it off. Yeah. I mean, don't go out of your way. Don't make them like the bad guys in a new Red Dawn or something right. like that, which is exactly what happened. Right. Oh, I didn't. I'm not. Remember that Hemsworth Red Dawn remake? It came out in 2013. Uh, it was supposed to come out like it. way before. And okay. the reason is because if the bad guys were going to be China, they made the entire movie. And oh then the goodness. studio was like, what are you doing? We have to sell this internationally. So they had to go through and like digitally erase all the Chinese flags and make them North Korean flags instead. You know why that's safe? Because North, North Korea, Korea has no power. Right. <laughs> you can't and, run a movie projector. Right. Exactly. They don't. They don't take our movies so and they're not show them anymore well they we they have no economic concerns that we're interested in so that's true that's what i say you can survive on your own movie business you'll never take this advice you're too greedy and Mm -hmm. too worried about the wolf being constantly at the door and then even if china does say okay screw you then china will make their own films and maybe there'll be this is not money at all this is like an artistic dream of mine but there will be a renaissance of uh chinese cinema and they'll have their own, like Bollywood, basically, like making their own stuff that would compete even with our stuff. That'd be cool. Because competition is good for the market, whether you right. want to admit it or not. And it's great for the consumer because you get a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Meg. Right? Not the Meg. Just I kidding. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, um, it does seem like there are, are more and more films that um, are backed by China or take place in China or... You know, what have you. Oh, I mean, Gemini Man was I an know. Alibaba production. Like, I they know. basically paid for it. Yes. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, Chinese, or excuse me, Taiwanese director. Right. But that's neither here nor there. That, that is true. Notice they never go to China. I was wait. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe they're going to go to China in this no. film. But they did not. Nowhere so near China. At, at least they um, had in fact, some I'm restraint. Supp- yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a scene where, <laughs> where Will Smith is drinking a sink down. He's like... I love those crab rangoons. Right? And your industry. Yeah, exactly. 
we've reached Finale del Camino. Oh, yes. With El Camino. Yes. A Breaking Bad movie. Yes. The possibly, although we'll see how well it does. Yeah. Last final, final chapter in the Breaking Bad story depending on whether the parallel future narrative of Better Call Saul right. gets past it or not. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's confusing when you think about it. It's complicated. Like I, I can name all the Infinity uh, Gems, but uh, yeah, I can't tell you where we are in Breaking Bad right now. Right. Or uh, Better Call Saul. Exactly. Breaking Saul. Breaking Saul. What happens in this movie? Um. Well, it basically takes place... Uh, it, it follows Jesse Pinkman right after the finale of Breaking Bad. And... In El Camino, he has a car that is El Camino, and it means the road. Um, and so he, like, escapes. He finds his way to Skinny Pete's, and they hide him for a little while. And This it's... is immediately defaulting to okay, I, I a scene-by-scene breakdown of the w- action of the film. Okay, I will make it quick. Not what the film is about. <laughs> So the rest of the, so the rest of the film is somewhat told in flashback, uh, but also it is about Jesse basically trying to get away, run away from the police, and start a new life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, written direct, and, excuse me, written and directed by Vince Gilligan, mm-hmm. um, who I believe for all the things that he's written and all the time and all the years, I think this is the first film? feature length thing that he has okay written. yeah all right um i'm almost positive it's the first uh, feature that he's directed okay um we talked about how we were surprised that it was on netflix yes and i think it was just a question of nothing i mean netflix was gonna pay for this right yeah <laughs> like i'm sure they went to shutter or, or something right amc but yeah, yeah but at the end it's not a question of uh who can we get the best bit out of it netflix is like we'll take it right and uh, as far as I understand, um, it will air on AMC, okay. uh, but at a later date. Sure. This is sort of like it's getting the first release on Netflix. And it has a um, cinematic uh, release as well. Does it really? It's playing in our hometown. I did not know that. Yes. Huh. And probably playing uh, in Chicago where we were this weekend. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very so, yeah, if I'd known that, I probably would have gone and not seen it watched half of it in a hotel room yeah right. uh went out uh to uh hang out at a, a cool retro arcade for a while right uh and then came back and finished it at 2 a.m yeah <laughs> it's but i did yeah and that and that worked out great yeah it did yeah uh we were hanging out with uh my co-host from backtracking that's right another show on this network mm-hmm. uh at at backtracking two k's in the trekking on twitter uh, Gooey fame, and yes. he was uh, kind of showing us some of the sites in Chicago, and uh, now we're just talking about that. Yeah. Um, speaking of El Camino, we spent a lot of time on El Camino yeah. uh, this weekend, but I uh, had some great food in Chicago. Yes. Nothing except for the deep dish that could be considered Chicago food, really, but well, you're right about itself, that. great. Yes. We went to this place. I've never heard of this. If this is on every street corner in your hometown, I apologize, but I'd never heard of it. A place called... Um, Ben Jehuda, mm-hmm. which was like a Mediterranean falafel place. Yes. And you had like a bowl or something. I and did. I had, um, you know, a shawarma uh, pita type thing. Yes. Chef's kiss. <laughs> so, so good. It was very good. It was a ton of food. Yeah, it was a like, lot of food, too. I mean, I like roti, which is kind of similar Mediterranean kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. chipotle. But that's like yeah. shrimp mall stuff. Yeah. This, this was great. Um. 
so but yeah like even more food yeah. so um but it was it was delicious it was really uh, well done so and we went to this place called um edgewater tacos oh my gosh um which i just kind of found randomly on yelp like mm-hmm. i I, or I think i read a buzzfeed article actually embarrassingly um about places that had um good mexican food. yeah like near five star ratings mm-hmm. um like around the around the horn and so uh, that's in the Edgewater neighborhood of Chicago, which is in like, um, you know, North Lakeshore or whatever. It was delicious. It was great. Yeah. It was some of the best tacos I've ever yeah, had. It was like street cart tacos, but it was in this little hole in the wall restaurant and very, very good. So mm-hmm. this is this is the kind of food Jesse would have loved to have eaten. But he was in a cage. <laughs> yeah. As Breaking Bad ends, he has been the the real victim. Well, a lot of people died, but the right. living victim of Walt's reign of terror he has found himself kidnapped. Slight spoilers for, I guess, the yeah, last season the Breaking of Breaking Bad. Bad but, yeah. And I guess all through this rating, uh, a review. But uh, he has found himself kidnapped by neo-Nazis and forced to cook that sweet, sweet blue meth. Yes. Uh, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically being um, treated like, you know, an immigrant kid at the border. Oh, gosh. And so, well, you got to give it to El Camino. It was timely. Yeah. They didn't they didn't try to do any political stuff. No, they didn't. Or maybe they should have. But you know, maybe you don't have to give it to them. Maybe that was their their job to do, but they didn't. Yeah. But yeah, and so this is um the story of his uh escape uh from it from that situation mm-hmm. that we see it in the very last episode and also a um a series of flashbacks. Two earlier days in yes. the show, none of which really changed the game at all. But I'll give uh, fun little um, chances for us to see uh, him talk to uh, Mike and talk to uh, his girlfriend, uh, played Mm -hmm. by Kristen Ritter. Yes. Um, Brian Cranston makes an appearance. Yes. And uh, and Jesse Plemons. Yeah. That probably does the the most work as a a side character in this. Yes. I, I like him more and more, I think. Jesse Plemons. A Plemons. Plemons. I want to get him and how old is, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, General Zod. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, what is his, uh, is it Michael Shannon? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Remember, you're the name girl now. I am? I don't name anymore. That is terrifying. I'm giving up. I'll never do it. Uh, Michael Shannon is 45. Okay. Wow. 45 <laughs> he, he looks older than 45 he guy. does um but uh i'd love to get them together as like a um a brother duo. brother duo you know like a road okay. movie yeah they're both just hard looking men very sure. reserved yeah uh, <laughs> a little bigger than they used to be <laughs> jesse's working on a role or something i don't i don't know he was he was big yeah i don't think yeah. he was that big in the show maybe not <laughs> a little continuity error Oh, well. Uh, but we continue to see, like, what a just complete psychopath he is. He really is. Yeah. Um, so there's some old clips to fill us in with stuff, and then yes. there is a lot of new footage shot with these characters. Yeah, exactly. Put a fringe wig on uh, on Jessica Jones, and let's get this scene going. <laughs> right. And just small things, too. You think that there would be a whole runner if, say, Brian Cranston was going to be in it, but mm-hmm. instead, did you like those parts? Um, I I did. I question their inclusion. This thing is well, two two hours long. They they didn't need to Over be two hours long. In, included. And yeah. like you said, I don't think they really were huge game changers in any way. Um, 
I think they they were included for the fans, though. It yeah, was, this whole thing is kind of like for the fans, fans isn't it? Yeah, you could easily infer that there will be trials in the life of Jesse Pinkman. Oh yeah. After uh, Felina, the last episode of the series. Yeah, it's but, not smooth sailing for him. But it seems like it's a hopeful note. It's going to work out. It is hopeful. Let's watch this movie. Two hours, two minutes. It seems like it's not going to be easy, right. but it's going to work out. Right. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. whole thing is just, hey, remember how great Breaking Bad was? Yeah, yeah. me too. Right? Yeah, I, I think it was it was a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, he, um, I, would, I would almost say it was almost half flashbacks, don't you? It, I mean, it was a big part of the film. Yeah, um, there, yeah, that's true. Um, a lot of it is, we get the typical touches for Breaking Bad. It felt like watching two Breaking Bad episodes it, back it to did. back. Yeah. Which is good. That's one of those things where, you know, mm-hmm. it felt like a long episode. Yes. Uh, you had a, they did a time lapse. Uh, there was yes. some g- cool choices of music to accompany things. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any POV shots? I know he doesn't look down a drain or anything like that, but he definitely must open a locker or something and we're inside the locker. I don't remember anything anyway they love those on breaking bad yeah they do um but yeah they did have a very nice time lapse one which was just kind of like holy cow like i don't even know how long it took him to like tear apart is it his name and the character's name todd yeah to tear apart todd's apartment which was not a small apartment no uh it had multiple rooms so yeah so good to see uh skinny pete again good to see badger again yeah uh i guess badger gave his weight to so Jesse Plemons. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know, so. we're actors and we're chameleons. Right. And um, now I'm t- trying to think of something else to say about it. Oh, yeah? Would you want to see another Breaking Bad movie? It seems to be titled like a Star Wars story, doesn't it? Yeah. Could you have another Breaking Bad movie? Could we get a Jane prequel? Could we uh, get um, yeah. Q back to... Wow. Um, I mean, I think we could do another one. I mean, we could do one with like Jesse's new life and all the complications that that entails. Well, we know that he um, starts robbing banks in the future uh, with humanoid robots. <laughs> right. We knew that. Because of, of Westworld. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think it has potential. I think it's it's left open on purpose. Um, for the possibility, you know, um, I would not be opposed to seeing another Breaking Bad film. I enjoyed this film. Um, so I think that, you know, an, another film has the potential to be good as well. So who would it be about? Yeah, that's, um, not Robert Forster's character. no. <laughs> Uh, which is he, too bad. Yeah, it was good to see him again. Uh, yeah. And it was good to, I didn't need it, but it was good to get more depth on how the, the van service works. Yes. In the show, uh, Saul, who in Breaking Bad is totally jaded and is a member of this, you know, this crime universe. Yes. Uh, not so much in uh, Better Call Saul yet. Uh, or excuse me, um yeah, Saul yeah. Goodman, Jimmy McGill, the yeah. other one. Um, but he gives Walt this number, and it's like, if the shit hits the fan, you call this number, you bring 125 grand with you, mm-hmm. and you go wait 
by the corner and this red minivan will take you off to yes. somewhere else. Yes. And then, of course, the when the, Walt does that, he leaves town and we see that uh, he's in a cabin somewhere. And Robert Forrester is the guy that comes in and checks on him. Yes. So, yeah, um, it was good to get a little more background on that. And the scene of them in the vacuum store where he works yes. reminded me of, it felt like a scene from Jackie Brown. Okay, <laughs> because, sure. I mean, Jesse is not um, Samuel Jackson's character from Jackie Brown, whose name I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I know you're uh, talking about. You know, you hit the boop, boop, you know. Yeah. Don't touch my levels. <laughs> um, but it's he comes in and he's like, Look, man, you're gonna help me. You're gonna do this, and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like I, you can't move me. I'm like a rock that does not move. Right. And he calls the cops, and I know you think called the cops, man. Oh, the cops are here. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Like maybe. Um, do we see what happens to the rest of Walt's family at the end of Breaking Bad? Uh, like maybe. Boy, just big. Uh, make sure we put in big spoilers for the entire Breaking Bad series. Yeah. Uh. I think Skyler's just living her life. Um, he does try to meet with um, with Walt Jr. And he just hates him. Um, and I think that's about it. He calls her, doesn't he? He calls her and he basically like Tells apologizes her. before yeah. he goes off and does his last thing. Yeah. But it's um, uh, not great. No, it's not. He doesn't call his sister-in-law, though. No, I know. Oh, that's just that's the call I, he should make. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking <laughs> about like say? I know, I know, and like in this movie, like uh, Robert Forrester is like, "Is there anything else?" And he hands him a letter for yes. for Brock. Yes, we didn't couldn't get the actor for Brock I, back. I guess because he's probably seven feet tall by now. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> but he didn't like he didn't have anything he wanted to give to his parents. No, I you know we we you remember. What happened with his parents? Yeah, I think so. I think he's square with them. Okay. He did basically like Tell give them, them you know, you guys did your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember at this point, like, I was trying to figure out what year this was. This is still 2005 or 2006 or something oh like boy. that in the universe of Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's been so long and Aaron Paul is you know 10 years older or whatever right but it's still you have to remember that he's in his maybe mid to late 20s um okay. i think he's f- yeah. firmly in his mid 20s sure and um and so he blames them for everything everything that's happened to him although it's not their fault even right. though they might have not always done the right thing but so yeah i mean we don't focus in on that because we've got a shootout and some explosions and... yeah i know <laughs> there wasn't a ton of like action i felt like there was enough but they definitely wanted to give a, a little bang yeah <laughs> the well, and they did yeah for sure yeah um i would that was the only thing i would question like why we needed all that and if jesse who felt so bad for the lives that he took uh why would he needed to take to this. some more yeah, yeah. when it was well, just for him i mean after everything he's gone through i understand that he is now his own greatest concern mm-hmm. but before that it was helping you know it was jane it was yeah uh, what's her name i know right? <laughs> it was Brock's brock himself mom, you know yeah. it was defending walt and now it's just i mean we see this as a good ending but it's basically him going like eff it i'm i'm the center of my universe one. now yeah yeah well and then like i guess spoilers for the film um when the the two guys show up at Todd's apartment, 
how do they have a key? Like you are hung up on I, that. I well, they're not real cops, so um, <laughs> I just wonder how they got in, like with a key legally. Well, I mean, of course, it wasn't legal, but um, and I just I love the the um, nosy neighbor too. <laughs> yeah, like that guy did a good job. Um, just like completely like all over them, and like I have a handwriting sample if that if you guys need that. <laughs> so yeah yeah uh love those nosy neighbors yes. uh those kind of eccentric characters always people the um the the margins of uh vince gilligan productions yes um get them out of my you're in my margin right get out of there <laughs> uh, anything else that uh, you recommend this probably? um yeah i would recommend this yeah. um if you are a breaking bad fan then definitely watch this yeah, I would too. Um, and who knows uh, if they're all going to be this good and um, this understated and contemplative. Uh, I would love to see something else from the Breaking Bad universe. Yes, maybe a Mike movie. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I'd like. I enjoy that for sure. How do you get in the back of that truck? He <laughs> got his ear shot off. I know. <laughs> Ha-ha. <laughs> but, like but at the same time, like you hear too. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the Gemini men have arrived. Ha-ha. <laughs> Whoa. What? Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that movie came out this weekend. It's called Gemini Man. Yes. Directed by Ang Lee. I know. Right? Yeah. Uh, and written by, uh, partially by David Benioff and some yes. other people, starring Will Smith. Clive Owen, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Benedict Wong. Yes. Who is um, genetically uh, Chinese, but was English. Okay. So I'm sure yeah, that he fair. was, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was like excited to work for Ang Lee, but it wasn't like, they're not countrymen or something. Right, <laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean? Yes. A uh, movie, I should report, uh, cost somewhere around the neighborhood of $150 million. Um, at this count, made about $60 million at the box office. It's opening weekend. Okay, so... Not a terrible opening weekend. No. Don't see a lot of... I see a big drop-off in the second weekend. For yeah, this. I do too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we went kind of to a late showing, so I wouldn't say that it was like yeah. super crowded. Um, but there were, you know, there were some people there who were really excited to see it. Yeah, there were some people who were so excited to see it, they uh, came in and then and left and then they came in again. And I they know. left again. And they were talking like, the entire time. At, <laughs> but it like, didn't take regular... away from the film. No. There wasn't anything to take away. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they were, they were talking at like regular conversation level too. Yeah. They weren't even trying to whisper. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Good times. Watching a movie outside of Minnesota. That's uh, what it's like. Right? Hey, what happens in Gemini Man? Man? Um. Well, Will Smith plays. Ha -ha. Yeah. He plays an assassin who works for this group called the DIA. I don't know, man. I think they're it's just, supposed to be the CIA. But they're like, but they didn't want to we'll change the it by one letter. <laughs> yeah. I think they just reason. didn't want to implicate any, but they didn't want to make any kind of statement. They're just like, what if we just, you know, change just it. made a bunch of stuff up and it's yeah. just like spook, spook uh, central yes. um, agency. Yeah. But he's uh, 51 years old and they make a big deal out of I that. I don't understand film. that joke, but that's okay. Will Smith is actually 51. Right. And they also uh -huh. say at the beginning that he's made 72 kills and he is... 70, 71. 71. 
and he is ready to retire. Uh-huh. And yeah, and like all the guys or ladies or probably mostly guys that he's killed, as far as he knows, are bad guys. Uh, and he so he so he kind of like his boss comes out and visits him. And then he just kind of goes on with his life. But um, somebody is messing with him. And oh, hell no. Nah. Uh, yeah, of course. So DIA sends some people after him. Uh, and over the controversy of the last guy he killed, one of his friends tells him, uh, he was not a terrorist. He was just a marine biologist. And that's not what he was told. And, what? uh, so the DIA is after him and then... He was a geneticist. Geneticist? Okay. Uh, and then, um... This, okay, so we're into act, near the end of act one. I'm getting to it. <laughs> So the DIA is after him, and then and then the Gemini Project is after him. Whoa! And yada yada yada, they do DNA tests, and it turns out the Gemini, a big part of Gemini, is uh the Clive Owens character who's the bad guy in this. He took Will Smith's DNA and made a clone, and he raised him as his own son. This is as exciting as the. See, now I got to put a spoiler tag at the front of the review because oh. you just. Walk through the entire plot. I'm sorry. Here's this is as exciting as the movie it was. Uh, here, here it is. Will Smith is an assassin who wants to retire. Yes. But when he does, his bosses send the most deadly assassin in the world after him, himself. All right. That's much. Will better. Smith is Will Smith, and Will Smith is the Gemini Man. Yeah. Exactly. Why is it the Gemini Man? It should be Gemini Men. Yes, it should. <laughs> I became aware of this earlier in the year when I was assigned to write an article for it for the site that I uh, used to write for and technically still do. And I didn't really know anything about it. And I learned real fast. Mm -hmm. I learned that this was a concept that was come up with with. That's not a good conjugation, but it doesn't (laughs) matter uh, by a guy named Darren Lemke, um, who wrote Shrek Forever After. Hold it against him if you want. And he had this idea in like 97, he pitched it to Walt Disney and Tony Scott. And he had the idea to, what if we do this thing where you have an older actor? He kind of like foresaw the Nick Fury thing. He's like, what if we have an older actor? Uh We de-age them and then like computer, you know, have them fight each other. Sure. And it didn't really um, work. Like they had a test demo that looked okay, but they, it was just too expensive. And it's the whole James Cameron problem. I can't make this movie right now. I have to do it in 20 years. Right. Right. So they put it on the shelf. And at that time they were looking at, you know, I mean, when you say looking at, this could just be on a napkin, but they were looking (laughs) at like Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, um, Clint Eastwood, apparently Sean Connery as well, who might've done this in 1997. Right. Oh, man, can you see that? Old Sean Connery being hunted down by... Young Sean Connery? James Bond. That would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Now you can just do it. Right. Let's wait till he dies and then you can't sue us and you can just do it now with (laughs) the technology we have. Great. So they had to put it off for a while until it was picked up a couple years ago um, by Jerry Bruckheimer. Wow. Uh, Yeah, you know him. Yes, I do. And um, Ang Lee came on board uh, pretty early, actually, and they got Will Smith... Uh, and then they just kind of went from there. And Will mm-hmm. Smith just seemed like a good choice. He was somebody that people were familiar with. He has had a career, you know, 30 years apart in his life. Yeah. So he would be recognizable as the young guy. It'd be think something we'd be looking for. And he's recognizable as the guy with that kind of awkward YouTube channel now. 
and they could just go at it. And uh, something that distinguishes the release of this film, and we did see it this way, is that it was released in Super HD um, 3D uh, at 120 frames per second. Yes. This isn't new for um, Ang Lee. Like This is kind of how he wants to shoot now. Like his last film, um, Billy Lynn's uh, Long Halftime Walk, uh, wow, which, I don't even remember hearing about that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, he also <laughs> shot that in 120 uh, oh, frames okay. per second. Can you... I think you'd previously encountered 60 frames a second when we saw the first Hobbit film. Mm. Can you put your finger on the difference in experience from a 24 frame per second industry standard film and the 120 frames per second? Um. Well, I... Things kind of look um, like they're in the room with you. Like it, it looks like super three D. Like, um, like just like the way that it's sticking out, like from the background and everything. Um, they leaned hard on the three D. They, they did. In a lot of action films, like if you look at if you, and a lot of them are post processed. Like this was shot in three D. Sure. Um, but if you watch like the Avengers. Uh, everybody's just standing around, right. and then if Loki shoots a fireball, like it that's comes in out 3D. of the screen. Or yeah, right, right, or the hammer. But this was like hammer. he was sitting in his like beach house talking to his friend who drinks coke or whatever. Yes, and every part of every part of it was like Mary Elizabeth Winston was just walking around a college, and she's like 3D standing out from the yes. background. It was amazing because, and I say amazing, it was distinctive because Will Smith was sitting in a, on a couch in front of his bay windows that looks onto the shore of the Keys or, you know, whatever it is, the southern shore of um, Georgia, of the U.S., Gulf of Mexico, yeah. yeah. And, like, there was, um, he was, like, in 3D. His own body was, like, his head was farther out than his shoulders. Right. And then the beach in the background, which is out of focus, it's not even in focus, remember, right. still was distinctly identifiable as being far away. So as far as that goes, it was well done. Yes. But as you pointed out, it looked like a video that you would see, like if you went to like Epcot Center or mm. you went to like some theme park and they were showing you right. like, this is what we'll do in the future. We'll ride a flying car. And there's like some kind of video, you know, that's all spruced up or something. It, yeah, it didn't feel like cinema, did it? Not really. That's no. the argument that everybody yeah. has. Why are you doing this? Right. Right. And like. Um, I think we were talking about, too, like, it didn't have quite as much action in it as, you know, we would have hoped for, like, an action-type film. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think that it had as much action as what it purported to be. Wait a minute. It had, it had enough action for a, um espionage thriller that is about um, the ethics of... Um, experimentation and military action and and that sort of thing, you know. Uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, I could see, um, I don't know, I could see like a, like a Mel Gibson movie where he's working for the government and then he finds out about something and there's a scene where he runs away and there's a scene where he's got to fight back. And right. Like, but yeah, I mean, for build, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Times two, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Will Smith with a gun versus Will Smith with a gun. This weren't no face-off is what I'm saying. Well, right. Um, and uh, 
and I think too, like the part of it that is weird with the 120 is that like, like they would just be sitting around like you were talking about, just talking, and they would be in 3D, or you know, would be vastly different from the background. Yeah. Um, and the I'm not exactly sure about the um, the um, aspect ratio. Perhaps I should have looked it up before I decided to begin talking about it. But I'm talking about it now, so here we go. <laughs> No, now I know. The aspect ratio is uh, 185 to 1, which is, you know, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. You think, I don't know how these 3D cameras work, but I noticed that, and they didn't bring the legs in on um, the screen, but it no. didn't even fill up the whole screen. Right. So we were like pretty, in a pretty good spot. You know, we were kind of high up, but it's a very big screen. Mm-hmm. So you think, you know, this isn't Captain EO, but you can still feel like things are coming at you or whatever. But I don't yeah. know why they wouldn't have shot in, you know, like wide vision um, you know, 70 millimeter or whatever, like right. trying to get a biggest picture as possible. Right. Because like those old hokey uh, the, you know, red and uh, white glass, black and white uh, gorilla movies, uh, you know, oh, the gorilla's reaching for you. Right. Uh, a guy is smoking and you can see the smoke coming out of the screen. Yeah. They put elements and things like that in there. Like there's a lot of sparks. There's sparks everywhere. Um, there's a scene yeah. where a you know they're they're getting shot at in a cafe and they get down and all these preserves and bottles are getting shot. Yes. And normally it would just be a mist, but they made sure to like, oh, flecks are coming at the camera. Right. And, and it was like glass that looks pretty stuff. good on yeah. that TV over there across the room. Like, right. I didn't feel like I was immersed in it. Yeah. Um, no. I also I... wrote down like Jackie Chan. Why did I write that? Oh, maybe because the fights were choreographed or but, something? But I meant to, I knew I should have elaborated on this note when I wrote it down. Because as I was writing it, I was like, I'll just put like it, Jackie Chan. And the other part of me was like, you're going to think it means this movie is like Jackie Chan. And that's not what you mean. And I said, shut up, you. <laughs> ha And uh, that's where we are. <laughs> I yeah. was right. Um, Damn me. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to look at the choreography too. And I, I mean, I do think it was... Um, somewhat choreographed, unlike a lot of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme films where it just seems like it's like kick, kick, punch, cut away, you know. Even the ones he does himself. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think that it was somewhat choreographed, but then I guess it would kind of have to be if you are supposedly Will Smith fighting Will Smith, which yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it was like another actor and then they put the young Will Smith's face on him. Oh, yeah. But, Yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was choreographed by a guy. See, this is my problem with it. Ang Lee is, I think that we can agree, um, good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Now he hasn't always made great movies. Right. He's always taking a chance, mm-hmm. and this is like years ago. In the you know mid aughts, I had a joke about how he's just got a bingo card and he's trying to hit right. every number on it. Yeah. He did a western. He did a. Sense and Sensibility, he did yep. the Hulk. Right. And this is him trying to do like a Hollywood Will Smith action movie. Yes. But the people that he surrounds himself with, I don't think are up to the task. Okay. So you know, his fight coordinator uh, is a guy named, I don't, I'm not going to give you his name because I'm not trying to get him directly, but he hasn't done any major, it's not like he got Soy Hark to come and do the fights or something like sure. that. Uh, or Jackie Chan or something. Right. Even though he wanted to... I think I think that's what it was. I think he wanted to evoke that kind of idea. Like, it's this desperate thing. They're running around. They're using their environment against each other. They're making right. mistakes, but trying to, like, take advantage of the situation that they're in. There was a reality to the film that is shattered 
anytime anybody would immediately do something that they clearly just went, we'll just CGI that. We're already in the CGI bay. Right. I know. You could do a stunt where a guy goes over the handlebars of a motorcycle and has to like recover from it. And instead, Will Smith turns into a CGI Samus Ball Will Smith. And they try to sell it by giving him like this really bad road rash on the side of his face. Yeah. That he wears for the rest of the movie. Yeah. But like every bone in his body would be broken if he did I, that. I, I know. I kept thinking like he wasn't wearing a helmet. And I kept thinking, well. <laughs> I kept thinking you just smacked your head against the asphalt. You would yeah. be so totally injured by that. Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to go on. Like they, they don't go to the hospital. At yeah. All. That being said, like some of the fight scenes were like well choreographed, like yeah. the tactical action, but it was, was weirdly stakeless. It's like a, it's yeah. like a Ruth's Chris. The, the doors are closed. No stakes. I, I he, did think they, it was. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, um, they meet up with Benedict Wong. Yes. And he uh, takes them to uh, Cartagena um, in his safe house. Mm-hmm. And so they're there. We get a quick little. Well, here we are. And then right. immediately uh, Little Will, Little, Little Willie style <laughs> shows up. Right. And it's, we're off to the races. There isn't any like indication that it's like the dread is real. Um, I don't know how you lead into a fight scene, but it's just we're, we've got a fight scene going. Yeah. And that fight scene was like turned out to be pretty good. It was like cool to see them trying to anticipate each other mm-hmm. and trying to do their tactical stuff. A lot of it was shot. Um, in long takes and practically. So Will Smith would, you know, jump over a thing and then he'd like fire off down the staircase and uh, then he'd turn around, but the guy's already thrown a grenade up on the balcony where he is. So he like sort of handballs the grenade back down and a practical explosion goes off, you know, as the camera's kind of lifting up. It all looks like it's a video game because it's (laughs) in 120. (laughs) It just looks weird like it's a TV show or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of that stuff was really good, but then... He runs into young Will Smith. They, neither of them are wearing a helmet. They clearly see each other's faces. Right. And later but, on, uh, she shows him the DNA and she's like, he's you. And it's like, uh, yeah, no shit. Why is the script written this way? I don't know. It's clear. He literally didn't kill the guy because he's like, that looks like me. Right. But he doesn't have any inkling of like, oh, yeah, that's right. Clive Owen told me that one time that he might have been working on something. Like, he should be freaked out that he's being attacked by himself but he no, just you're absolutely right does what he does and then later on she goes it's you and i know they don't know they're in a movie so right. she even mentions the lab i brought this stuff to thought i screwed up the samples which when you're genetic testing you know what if <laughs> she's like the results came back he's me <laughs> right <laughs> because my eyelash fell in there because uh, right. I, I wasn't careful but right away will smith's like yeah yeah okay yeah did you just figure that out before and why did you accept it so easily <laughs> well because we got a it's a movie <laughs> i guess so going. there's a lot of like weirdly casual drinking going on yes and i don't mean like i'm used to like the thing like the hard-bitten heroes and these things or even if you're like freaked out like i got the shakes i'm gonna just take a, a little cut it a little, little edge bit. off yeah yeah but instead, like, they go to all these amazing places and are enjoying the fine cocktails of these places while they are being hunted like animals. When they're at the with a safe house in Colombia, Will Smith is explaining something. There is a pina colada at his elbow. I know. Blended. I know. With a with a garnish. 
it's like if they was there a scene that was cut out where we see that after Benedict Wong, you know, got out of the out of the agency or the Marines or whatever, hoorah. Uh, he learned to love the finer things in life. Yeah, right. And so there's a scene where Will Smith is trying to tell like Mary uh, Winstead what's going on. And like, was like, can we make the smoothies later? Can you shut that down? <laughs> this is important. Where's the? Okay, here's the Malibu. All right. So anyway, this guy's coming. He's coming for me. Right. <laughs> well, and then later when they're there in... are hints at personality in this film that yeah. don't materialize into personality. Right. And later on when they're in Budapest and they're meeting up with. Uh, this guy named Yuri, like they're all dressed in bathrobes and they all have like these red blended drinks that they're drinking. Yeah, we just got to drink these. <laughs> and being bathrobes the entire time. Yeah. And then like um, they have. It's almost like part of the uh, the contract, the uh, the agreement for them to shoot wherever they were shooting was, well, there's a great spa there. So we're going to get to go to this spa. <laughs> what are we going to shoot? Uh, while we're waiting for our hot stone massages, you right? just set the camera up. Let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> And, and then, like, while they're in Budapest, they're like, how do they know where we are? They keep thinking. And they're like, they should have known that they had a tracker on yeah. uh, Will Smith. But so I thought it was interesting. Like, he makes some sort of deal with a lady who's the actress who's on Lodge 49. <laughs> who's, who's barely in it. Disappears from the I film. I know. And she's DIA. And he's like, uh, get you know, your Gemini man or whatever to meet up <laughs> with uh, Ramona Flowers and, you know, then we'll track him from there, what yeah. have you. And so then um, he, young uh, Will Smith is like, meet me, meet us at the catacombs to like older Will Smith. And so they go to these, these catacombs and like, he's thought of everything that young Will Smith, you know, he has like night vision goggles and right. then like a mask and I thought it was cool they actually had showed like the night visions from like his vision for a little bit. Yeah. Which was kinda cool, yeah. I thought. Um and then a little video gamey. Yeah, it is a little video gamey. And then like of course Will Smith comes in and he knows about all the stuff because uh Ramona Flowers is just like talking about it and she has a thing in her teeth or something like that. Yeah, it was like, like a bug because he didn't look at her mouth or something. And yeah. I, okay, so you the, the 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 deal here is that he can run Faster and longer than you can, but you're more experienced. Yes. And experience is going to win the day. Yes. But I just never, he's never a credible threat, Little Willie style. Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah okay. So right after that, they get in a really long, really unconvincing fight. I mean, you wouldn't just, they weren't like CGI robots, right? You would just have two people I don't fight. Think so. yeah, yeah, but they looked fake. They looked like the vampires from Blade 2. Well, and it was like, it got a little confusing, like, as to what was happening. Or Luke too, Goss, he like, did drop a rock bottom on him, though. Um, <laughs> and so I just, it's, yeah, it's just weird. And then um, she shoots him, but, you know, it's one of those movie wounds that doesn't matter. Right. Uh, even though the scene before, the first time we see him, he gets hurt, and there's this whole scene where he has to fix himself up in his childhood room. Yeah. Later on, he takes a bullet, and he's fine. I know. Because this movie's just got to go. I know. And then also, I guess one other thing that I have a problem with is like they're fighting in the catacombs and then they fall in water. I mean, I guess he didn't know the water was there either. But if young Will Smith is also deathly afraid of water, why would you go for the water? So I missed that. There, he At some point he says he's afraid of water? Yes. Uh, Will Smith is afraid of drowning. Why does he go on a boat? I don't know. Okay, so that's But sucks. he's he's constantly so afraid sucks. of drowning. And yeah. then we go through all this stuff. He's telling him all his secret fears. You know, you took up the guitar for 12 weeks when you were <laughs> right. uh, in high school. 
uh, you jerk off to tentacle porn or whatever. Right. And he doesn't want to hear it. But then later on, <laughs> after he confronts Clive Owen, and yes. it's the scene where our hero who is or our villain who's going to turn good sees or realizes something or there's some phrase that the bad guy repeats that the good guy said he would or something. None of that happens. No. Uh, they just no. hug. And I think we're supposed to get the idea that uh, Little Willie is not on board anymore. Yeah. But then he isn't even sure and he ambushes them or ambushes them uh, when they land and shoots him with B-toxin because that's a thing you can do. And yeah, that's what convinces him because there's only two people in the world that are allergic to bees. And their know, last right? names are Smith. Yeah. Um, this is um, this is Mad Libs. This is a colored. No, book. it is. And, and I should I should note that uh, David Benioff was uh, from Game of Thrones was one of the writers on the script. I know, and I was excited to see Benedict Wong in this. However, <laughs> when are we going to get better parts for Benedict Wong? Like. He did not get to do a whole lot in this movie. He flew a flame, a flame, a plane Woo. a few times, and that was about it, you know. And uh, didn't like how he went either. Um, and I mean, I'm glad he's getting work. I just wish it was better, <laughs> you know. He was good in that Electric Dreams episode. Yeah, that was one of the worst Electric Dreams episodes. Right. He was in uh, Marco Polo. I haven't seen When that. are we going to get better roles? For... Yeah. <laughs> now, he does deserve um, better roles. And, you know, he's fun in this. Um, Clive Owen is is old. So right? if you're going to tell me that Clive Owen can kick the crap out of the Fresh Prince, um, then look, these guys were like Elite Squad or whatever, yes. or Special Forces, right? Right. I, you could see Cly- or uh, Benedict Wong kicks him butt. Uh, right? Why are they gonna get him out of the wipe him out of the fight scene right I, away? Thank you. Speaking of fight scenes, I call this the John Wicking of action films. Yeah. But they send in a million guys in spaceballs outfits. Yep. And they all go down. Bam, bam, bam. Super bam. easy. Yeah. And I, it's headshots, but I think they say that um, they're neck shots or whatever because they've got helmets on. So they're shooting these guys in the neck. Yeah. My thing is. Um, wear a thing on your neck or something. Right. Bad armor. Yeah. So they do that. Even Mary Elizabeth Winstead just picks up a gun and is just acing guys left and right. I know. Although I will say that that, that was cool when they were like tag teaming and running through the town. It was cool. Yeah. But then, uh, and this is all spoilers, of course, then uh, Will Smith number three comes in. I know. Ha 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 ha. Which I knew it was him like when oh, I, yeah. when I, as soon as I saw Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I was like, oh boy. And here comes number three. His neck is even less protected than the other guys, but all they can do is just they're just hitting headshots left and right. But yes. his motorcycle helmet is tougher than the other guy's motorcycle right? helmet. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. Why I mean it was clearly designed to take advantage of the neat um frame rate and uh, 3D effects, but it's just an ineffectual it's just a bad bad assassin he runs in he flips around he's got a shotgun which is you know probably like the least lethal assassin weapon i can think of yeah uh they take it away from him almost immediately and shoot him six times with it and he dies somehow yeah i know it's 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 unclear how he dies i mean he's on fire for a long time yes but if he's on fire and his skin burns then we don't recognize that he's Will Smith. Right. Is it because this was PG-13, I think? Um, Maybe. That, I um, would not be surprised. We honestly. can't pull his, the helmet off and go, whoa. And 
like still be able to tell. A, that a it was... crispy critter. Uh, oh boy, Will Smith. Yeah, um, I think you might be onto something there. Oh, uh, check that out. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever he says on his uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think of the last scene of this movie that was six months later? I mean, I think it was just as weird as everything else. Yeah. I think that you work really hard on the fight scenes. Yes. You work really hard on the scenes that you know um, that you need emotion. And frankly, I don't think that the high frame rate did anybody any favors. No. Um, I think losing frames would have made it more believable. It's it's like we took the Uncanny Valley and we like built a cottage in the middle of the Uncanny Valley. I, I agree with you. But you work hard on the scenes where he is talking to Clive Owen and the, you know there's the emotional turning points I think you run off the end right it's just the last scene mm-hmm. so you just like oh don't worry about the render on that we'll just kind of yeah people, people right. have bought into it already and then we get hey everybody animatronic Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> Will Smith comes in I and he's know. like hey I'm in college I know right yeah and I kind of have a hairstyle like Fresh Prince kind of and I liked, too, how they, like, um, I mean, they really were, like, giving him a hard time how, like, he was a virgin and stuff like that. And then, like, we see him in the last scene and he's on at college and he's, like, surrounded by, like, five women or something like that. <laughs> it's like. Not a problem. Okay, movie. Yep. We get it. Moving on. Yeah. He, oh, he can, he can smash. Right? Don't worry about that. <laughs> They wanted, to make, they wanted to make sure that the audience knew. Evil dad. Yeah. What if, here's a, the magic of writing. You can do anything with a pen. <laughs> just have him say like that, you know, Clive Owen like saw him with a girl or something. Oh, instead of just weirdly eating an ice cream cone I know, on right? the um, training grounds of the PMC, um, have him be talking to like a cute paramilitary soldier or something like that. And, and then Clive get, Owen's like, get back to work. And she runs right? off and he's like, you don't want to waste your time with that. You know, you got to focus, you know, women will only waste your time or whatever. That so would have been right. dad has been like, you know, keeping him away from relationships and right. things like that. Yeah. And then then there's a reason that, there. Let that big Willie style loose. Right. Exactly. On Purdue. Ha ha. Wow. Or wherever they are. <laughs> a school, probably the University of Georgia. Probably. Uh, in Atlanta. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anything else? Um, no. Can I, I yell about something for yes, a second? Yes, please do. Uh, I don't like uh, Mary Elizabeth Beth Antonio. Oh. That's not true. I love Mary Elizabeth Antonio. That's not her name. I don't like Mary Steenburgen. That's not true either. I love Mary Steenburgen. Whatever Ramona Flowers' name Who is. don't I love? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her. Yeah. I... I mean, I don't hate her. I just mm. don't like her. Um, she has like, I don't believe it face. Yeah, you 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 mentioned this to me before, and and I, and I I think you they are, are fighting for something. their. I mean, it's a, I guess maybe it's a choice, but it's the wrong choice. They are fighting for their lives. Yes, she is somebody who is. We don't ever really get any background on her except no. um, her dad was a FBI or something, and she was in the military. Something like I that. Think she they, was too. They were Marine. all in the military and she then brought into intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so she's like, you know, um, not a seasoned agent. Yeah. And yeah, she was in the Navy with a bunch of seamen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which they didn't even make that joke, which is like, that's easy to do. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so she doesn't, she's not exactly good, but she's supposed to be, she's taken from easy assignment, watch a retired guy fish. Right. To he's in your bedroom at night. 
um, you will be uh, attacked very soon. Yeah. And right away she's pulling a guy's teeth out, which is kind of cool, I guess. But we never see that kind of backbone really from her again. Yeah. Um, and the whole time her reaction to it is, mm. Mm. I, you can't see it on a, on a microphone, but no. it's just like this. She's got this kind of smirk, kind of like, oh, yeah, well, well, I don't really believe she, this. When you she... just never, that's all you get from her. It works. Per- she's perfect casting Ramona Flowers. Too cool for this. But is she going to do that in every film she's in? Well, I mean, even like in the scene that you mentioned where she tells Will Smith that she did this DNA test, which you would think that he would be kind of mad she's about. Like, it's it's you. I know. I mean, this is like <laughs> super like dramatic. You know. Well, I mean, this movie is very light. But yeah, I know. Yeah. But it, it's it should be a huge turning point for the I film. I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen it ever work, but someday somebody's going to direct her to a, a great performance. But. It, it's not this. It's kind of like, oh boy, this is, this is, uh, we always slide into misogyny near the end of the episode. Oh, that is not true. It's kind of like Brie Larson face. It's my same problem with Brie Larson. It's just, I never take her seriously because I don't see her take it seriously. Well, she's always just like, okay, whatever. And my problem with Ramona Flowers. You shouldn't be too, too cool for this. I know this is a dumb movie, but well, Will Smith is like, Will Smith was like, wasn't even doing like, haha. Like, he was no. really trying to make this work. And I don't think the script was rising to meet him. You know, he yeah. was trying to take this kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably really wanted Jaden to play the kid. <laughs> but it's like, no, well, it has to be you. It has to be you. It kind of looks like me. Like, right. No, no, it's got to be you. That's the point. Um, I just never really believed her as like an action star, you know. Like, oh, she's... I thought that the tactical stuff was you thought was it fine. was good. Yeah, she was okay. killing killing dudes. I mean, I guess the one part where she like scissors the guy and like the uh, boating <laughs> office was kind of cool, but it's not uh, doesn't mean what you think it does. Oh, but right, right, uh, okay. yeah, okay. But anyway, <laughs> but I love that both her and Brie Larson were. Uh, in a movie, and it's the genius of Edgar Wright that well, right. she was perfectly cast as Ramona Flowers, and Brie Larson was perfectly cast as the dour uh, rock star who doesn't right. take anything seriously. So right. there, are, there are places for everyone. This yes. is not the place. I'm tired of Benedict Wong's place being, hey, I'm along for the ride, man. You got anything to eat? Right. <laughs> and then he's gone. He's gone. So, yeah. Rest in peace. Yes, exactly. Uh, would you recommend this? Um, if you just kind of want to see something that's kind of fun and light, then go for it. Uh, if you, uh, if you're a big Will Smith fan, go for it. A lot of qualifying. Um, but you know, if you want to see a good action film, I, I say skip it. I think I would agree. I think I'd just say skip it. Oh, okay. Um, soon. I mean, the internet is amazing. You can watch 4k videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. when this comes out on blu-ray you know there will definitely be um movie clips clips of the best scenes right blow it up real big on your screen and you'll get the idea of what we're talking about with the high frame rate thing yeah um but i can only hope that there are um, more and better films in will smith's future yeah um it's just disappointing because i think this could have been uh kind of cool I think so too. Um, Instead, it's I, a lot of casual drinking. I know. I mean, I <laughs> and do. An unconvincing, not even not buying it. Will Smith face. Could you not get like who owns? Uh, Whether well, this is all Alibaba, it's a Chinese company. I guess. Right. Who owns? Um, Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, uh, which is probably um, Fox, Sony right? or, or Viacom or something yeah. like that. But 
Uh, no, who owns like um, Six Degrees of Separation, the film? Oh, boy, I don't know. Right? Yeah. What's your prime, um, Will like young Will Smith sure. in high high enough fidelity right. that you can, uh, you know, scan Fake it through? It. And yeah, because yeah. I feel right? like I've seen that man's face for my entire life. Well, right. You they can't fool find me more if you don't get it right. Footage. Yeah. 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 And, th- and we get this and I just don't think that it... Um, it really came off. MGM did okay. uh, Six Degrees. So, um, I mean, I, I do want to say that I I did enjoy watching it. And <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> I thought that it was instead of cramming it up your ass. Well, say. right. Um, and I and I did think that it was entertaining. Um, but I do at the same time kind of wish it was better than it was. Yeah, so. I can't. I can't in good conscience recommend it. No. I mean, you know, cheapy theater, um, rented, Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, the Netflix right. it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, don't go see it. Yeah. Ha ha. Well, that is it. Uh, one, one good, one bad. One up, one down. Yeah. That's like, okay. Like the Gemini. There you themselves. go. Aren't there two? Okay, you're the astrology girl here. Oh boy. Aren't there usually two fish too? Aren't there two Pisces That's, fish? Yes, for Pisces. Is that, that to represent their somewhat dual nature? I think so, because they're swimming in opposite directions. Okay. See, I, I asked for. It. I asked for. It. <laughs> I didn't want it though. Uh, if you want more from us, you can find us on the social medias. Uh, you know what they are. I have to, don't have to say them every time. Right. If you search for just enough trope on them, I'm sure you'll find us. Uh, subscribe to us on your listening platform of choice because that helps uh, giving us a review helps mm-hmm. hearing from you helps us and you uh, interacting with us on those uh, services uh, lets those services know we're doing a good job and we yes. stay up in the mix that's right and also uh, giving us a rating is probably one of the best ways to help us mm-hmm. when you give us a high rating that thing happens that I said yes um, this is where we would bring in some kind of joke where there's um, another two of us and we're like hey <laughs> Hey, we're we're the real ones, right? <laughs> You've been listening to the fake ones, but I didn't even want to get it out for this film. No. So hopefully there'll be some twin movie in the future. We can use that great idea on. Uh, yes. But in the meantime, uh, give us five pina coladas. There you go. Uh, just something to relax with. Uh, <laughs> just because you're on the run from a multinational espionage organization doesn't mean you can't enjoy a little coconut milk, a little ice. A little pineapple. A little pineapple <laughs> and some rum. Put the lime in the coconut. That's right. And drink it all up. <laughs> and uh, maybe just give us five stars instead. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. In the meantime, I'd like to remind you to check out our Discord, uh, which you can find a link to in the show notes mm-hmm. of this show, where we're talking with uh, virtual theater fans, enterprising individuals fans, Justin Uptro fans, craft services, other shows on our network. Backtracking. Uh, talking about, yes, backtracking, talking about all the pop culture stuff that you love. And if you like what we're doing here, uh, tell a friend. Um, tell them to check out our shows. Yes. And uh, even join the Discord because everyone is welcome if they want to have a good time mm-hmm. and talk about this fun stuff. And that's it for us. We'll be back next week. Until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Oh.